it really does make a difference with the amount of time that passes within a year. Like, cause I remember last year around this time, um, I would say all of 2017 was probably the most miserable year of my life. And I kept a journal recording my thoughts, um, every single night before I went to bed, I would just write down what I was thinking, what I was feeling that day as honestly as possible. And some of the shit that I wrote is kind of, I'm embarrassed to even think it, but I was completely overtaken by the emotion and it was never shared with anybody else. And I don't think I would ever share it with anybody, but, um, last night I was just writing and, you know, just, I wrote about basic things of the day. I was just like, yeah, here's what I did. I took my car in and I watched a movie and it was pretty overall positive. And then I read the same entry last year at that date and, it was a lot more miserable and I was so fucking miserable. But the thing is, is at least now I'm trying to be happy. And I think it's because I see a lot more shit in the future. And, um, I'm just really hoping that shit works out and it's not as bleak, but it's crazy. Like once you've been to the lowest of lows, you know, and then you can just come out and it totally works fine. But the thing is people usually don't get to that place or it takes them a long time or a completely random event. And there's just no, happiness or contentness like within them and i totally understand and i can't say that i'm 100 percent happy but i will say is that i'm not in the darkness anymore and you know i'm at least content with things the way they are now so this is coffee and catastrophe with brent and gabby oh boy those are some sad pets man like especially those commercials like the the in the arms of an angel like the aspca or the humane society yeah there's Mm -hmm. a new trailer for uh like a Lita Battle Angel. I don't know. I can't remember. It's the new James Cameron one. But there was a remake of that song. Oh my God. And, really? Yeah. And it's like a sci fi movie. But I'm thinking about the fucking dogs the whole time. <laughs> You're just thinking about the, like, the poor shaking mutt out in the cold. They're, especially in the wintertime, their whole focus is on how the pets are, like, left outside for, like, very long periods of time and they're freezing. <laughs> just makes me just makes me want to die super sad super fucking sad yeah i mean um i don't know man we fucking love dogs so much and they're you know just pretty much a reflection on us you know because they make us happy i agree um uh last march we found out that my brother's dog who lives with my parents he's or with my mom he's now just turned 12 and in March of last year, we found out that he had liver cancer, and they told us, like, he's got anywhere from, like, three months to a year to live, and he's still kicking strong after nine or ten months. So, but one of the things that really impacted my happiness at that time was the feeling of, like, potentially losing him, because while he's not necessarily, like, an overly explicitly happy dog, he's really calm and chill, but having that calm, chilling presence brought so much joy and happiness to my life, because the the reason we love dogs is because they give unconditional love and that makes us happy. Wouldn't you say that feeling loved makes one happy? Yeah. I, I would also, you have to feel it though, because there's a lot of people like who do love you, but they might not love you in the way that you want to feel when you are feeling desperate. Unpack that for me. Okay. So for instance, let's like, um, like when I was in the hospital, mm-hmm. um, you know, my mom, my dad, even like my brother and, uh, 
you know, a few friends, like, they've expressed, like, their love for me. But at the time, I was like, yeah, they're just saying it. You know, like, <laughs> that wasn't, like, the one. They I mean, like, they're in the hospital. They have to say that. Yeah, I mean, like, like looking back on it now, I feel that, and I really understand it and believe it. But even when I was in my, my most darkest moments last year, I would reach out to a few friends, and then uh, they would say, yeah, I love you, man. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know, so, you know, but I know they genuinely feel it, but it's hard because it's only communicated through words. You know, you mm-hmm. it's it's hard to like take a plug mm-hmm. or like a hose and then just put that in your head and be like here here Brent boop and then just plug it into my head. Here's my love, and then you feel like oh my god, it's like a drug, yeah. you know. But um, you really have to have that self consciousness and self awareness to really feel it, and you have to. It really is a fucking feeling too, man. It's like you could rationalize, you know, the thought, but if the feeling's not there, that you're just kind of um it's it's like saying like what being on a roller coaster is like you could say like well it's like to someone who hasn't been on a roller coaster and maybe describing color to somebody who's blind in that it's like a sensation that cannot be cannot be entangled in words or can't be bound by words there's something beyond that and that's what happiness is yeah and i was just trying to think of all the different things that can make one happy so we just hit on like love or attention from other people positive attention i should say um and when i was when when i found out my dog had cancer it was like this big existential moment where i was in the middle of finishing my master's degree finishing student teaching and i got to the space where i was like none of that shit matters none of it matters what matters is love what matters is like finding love and pursuing it and not just romantic love but familial love um and things that make me happy and what made me happy at the time was spending time with my dog and doing yoga so in addition to attention i can say like there's there's like activities you do that make you happy like i i even have like a a physiological response and i think a lot of people who exercise do like it just boosts the happy chemicals in your brain and it makes you feel a lot happier and i mean i mean sex releases happy chemicals in your brain drugs release happy chemicals in your brain but um i, I was about to say i don't do drugs i don't have sex um i don't do drugs but yes <laughs> yeah i i know what you're saying you know um what I'm saying. but i buy a lot of stupid shit so that's kind of like on another i bought so much stupid shit it ruined my life so that's kind of how happiness is i got but i think Happiness in general is kind of more of a long-term understanding and contentment with the present mm-hmm. and the foreseeable future. Whereas, like, when you buy shit, like, I have to buy this fucking video game. <laughs> in the moment, like, I'm happy. And then, like, even when I get it, I would just put it on my shelf. I wouldn't even play it. Mm-hmm. So, but then what happens after that? You got to buy something else. So, I think that, like, there's a lot of little distractions mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily happiness. But they, they yeah. trick your brain into thinking it is happiness. I totally agree. And I think we might have talked about this in an earlier episode, but Russell Brand was talking about the reason addiction comes out of a capitalist system is it's saying, like, you have to consume to be happy, like, take this drug or eat this food or take have this product, have this experience. And once you consume it, that'll make you happy. And he's saying it was an expression of like, capitalism. That's where it's coming from. But it's inherently unfulfilling because, as we just said, like, 
you know, you'll buy one thing and then that you consume that or whatever experience you have with it is over, then you're moving on to the next thing. And so that's where like addiction, he was saying, kind of can be fed off of. So I think that you touched on something about like happiness or contentment. And at the moment, it sounded like you think happiness and content contentness are the same thing. Do you think that happiness and contentness are the same thing? Um, not necessarily, because I know people who are, I mean, the way I worded that made it seem so. And I kind of, let me take that back. Um, contentment means, okay, I'm okay with what I have now. Mm-hmm. It could be better. It could be worse, but I'm cool. Just doing this, writing this out. That doesn't necessarily mean happiness, but mm-hmm. I think that in order to be happy, there has to be a layer of contentness. Yeah, I, I agree. Because happiness to me seems like a very, like, um, the word active is coming to my mind. It's very, like, up. Like, when you are happy, you are actively, like, up in emotion or feeling. Whereas content, to me, like, a connotation of, like, calm, um again, content, like you're just, you're happy or you're fine where you're at, but you're not actively like in this up state, this uh, up, up emotional state or something like that. Um, when I was 16, um, I saw the documentary Inquiring Nuns by Cardam Quinn, which is made in the 1960s in Chicago, where two nuns went around to four different locations on the north and south side of Chicago and stopped and asked people, are you happy? And just recorded the responses. And we, my film club and I saw that and my, and the sponsor at the time thought like, well, wouldn't it be really cool? This film came out 40 years ago. What if we made a uh, a response to it? Like happiness 40 years later, and we'll go back to the four locations and we'll ask people, are you happy? And we did it. And it was, it was probably the, the most amazing thing that came out of my high school experience. Like, um, I remember it changed me so much. We interviewed everyone that we came across, homeless people. Uh, we met so many different types of people. <clears throat> I mean, homeless people, churchgoers, uh, 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 people new to the country, immigrants, just, uh, oh my goodness, what are they called? When you, Seminary students, just a, a breadth of different people and like hearing them talk about it. And w- one of the things that people would bring up was like, you know, I don't think I'm really happy, but I think I'm content with where I'm at. And I think that while I, I don't think you should ever settle for a where you are in your in your life like i think shooting for content is a is good but maybe that's i mean are you okay living your life just being content no okay (laughs) why because at least with content i I think content has maybe a safety net to it i agree yeah it doesn't really push you yeah so if you're like like right now i'm content with both of my jobs meaning like i work two jobs i'm going to be making some decent money once I go back to work after I'm recovering from my surgery mm-hmm. and I'm going to be okay. It's not what I want to do with my life. Yeah. You know, like, cause at least like, um, you know, with like my dreams and shit, I could see myself like constantly creating, but I'm essentially just working at two jobs where I go there, I do my time and then I clock out. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. um, I'm content meaning like I worked in retail and I wanted to fucking kill myself. So I don't work. <laughs> Who doesn't? In, yeah. And I worked in, I don't work there anymore. And I work, uh, I work at a warehouse and at a college. So I'm content with just working those two jobs. You know, mm-hmm. one of them is like mentally, um, laborious and the other is definitely like break your back physical pain. Um, you know, depending on like the day and the demand. But, uh, yeah, cause contentness, you just have a safety net meeting like, um, 
you can't get any worse so long as you maintain what you're going on now. And I think happiness is just like an extreme positive emotion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't really see high positive emotion with contentness maybe like yeah. just enough to mm -hmm. get by like the bare minimum or like average you yeah. know like a five out of a ten kind of thing yeah and and i think we're we're not meant to be happy all the time because i think if you were at that elevated state of happiness at all times it wouldn't mean anything it'd be absolutely meaningless so it's it's probably good that happiness comes with sadness it's good that you have that we experience both in our lives because otherwise it would mean nothing if you're we happy all the time um now, the real question is that if you recognize that you're content and not happy, does the average person actively pursue happiness or do they fall prey to kind of like the, the, the sense of security that contentness offers and it kind of lulls them into not maybe pushing themselves or not pursuing people? What do you think the average person is more likely to do? More average, the most average person, I would say, um, doesn't give a shit. And that's kind of how the way society is, where they get to the point where, like, maybe they're doing the bare minimum and not to say excel, but to where they're not doing any harm, mm -hmm. but they're not doing anything great, but they're okay because at least they're relaxing. Like, they'll work an eight-hour shift. They'll come home. They'll drink a beer. They'll watch Netflix or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then they're, like, totally, like, cool with that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, but I think in general, most people just aren't happy or living, like, the full potential of themselves. Yeah, and I th I think that has a lot to do with, like, the construction of our society and how people spend their days, like, especially in our American society and culture, you know, t uh, where happiness oftentimes is, is sold to us is in your work, which I, but but that being said... I think of all the people in my life who are working and very few of them are happy in their job. Maybe they're content because it brings them a certain amount of income to keep them comfortable, buy the things they want to buy, experience the things they want to experience, but they're not happy. They're not doing something every day that makes them happy. And again, I don't think there's a job out there that could make you happy every single day. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I would... I just feel like you have to push yourself to, like, be happy. And, like, maybe work isn't that place. Maybe maybe happiness really does only come from inter intercommunication relationships, being with people, interpeople relationships and stuff like that. Um, I keep coming back to that. Is there another source of happiness you can think of? Um, I, like, just in our conversation now, I'm thinking that there's temporary happiness and then there's long-term happiness. Like fleeting happiness? Yeah. So, like, um, like one night stands. Mm-hmm. Or... Of happiness. Yeah, or drugs. I mean, like, some, like, you know, with certain drugs, like, you get so happy right away that, like, when you don't have it, like, your body, like, you get fucking angry. Like, sometimes, like, the withdrawals yeah. are so bad, you kill people. Well, think about, like, MDMA. It literally dumps all, an ecstasy, it dumps all the happy chemicals out of your brain, and if you... If you take it enough and make it like a, a habitual, really habitual thing, eventually your body will stop releasing and producing the happy chemicals on its own. And it will become reliant on the drug to spill them and whatnot. Yeah. You know, I, I, there's got to be some sort of breakdown. Like definitely positive emotion is one of it. And <laughs> also your application of your values. So there's some people who you talk to who don't, who just 
they're not happy because of their job. But then there's some people who are like, I love my job. and They don't think anything beyond that. Or let's just say That's there's true. some people who don't work and maybe they're a stay-at-home mom or dad mm-hmm. and they just work they just spend time raising their kids and then that's what makes them happy or yeah. i would argue that's their work their labor is their labor is labor of love and creating homes and raising children yeah or um let's just say like with those people like if they're artists you know like they're at least making they're creating as well yeah you know um especially like if you are an artist like you have to find a way to monetize your creations yeah although i don't i i don't think a lot of artists are ever like truly happy with what they've done because i think with being an artist you're also oftentimes a perfectionist and sometimes they know how to turn it on and other times they turn it off um but i think that i think all artists probably just reach a place of content like all right, I'm satisfied with this album or I'm satisfied with a series of paintings. I'm done walking away. I'm content with them. But I don't think I don't think I think few people are actually happy with their work that they create. So do you think that you have to get to contentness? So, for instance, let's just say that you're trying to um, let's just say make art. You're just like, you know, I've really tried this and it's just not working. So I'm content now. Do you think perhaps, you know, being content comes with certain amount of just giving in or giving up or some like because you couldn't necessarily start out anything as the first time and be content i'm just i mean i just wonder like is contentness a process that is based off of like perhaps failure or uh not living up to certain expectations or just kind of giving in or, or maybe really understanding like okay hey maybe when i was young Maybe making movies wasn't the right move, but I'm content with not doing that now. But I had to go to film school. I had to do this. I had to like kind of just not take initiative to pursue it any further. But I'm content, you know, with whatever. It's like, do you think that contentness is based off of like, you know, like I said, like kind of, uh, you know, just uh, surrender? Oh, that's big. Yeah, I think to a certain extent, because what we were talking about with with. You know, if you're trying to pursue happiness, contentness has a safety net. It doesn't push you. It kind of lulls you into that false sense of security. So I think at a certain point, yeah, you're just surrendering to the moment, to where you are, and you decide this is enough for now. I think that's big with content is you decide in this moment, this is enough. And I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. I think there's some people who take happiness out of this is enough. And and maybe those people... Maybe the people who make contentness their happiness, maybe like they've got the secret. You know what I mean? Because if you're trusting that everything is as it should be, if you are surrendering to the moment and saying, this is all right for now, and finding the happiness within what you have, I think maybe that's the secret. Um, But then again, like, are you just like pacifying yourself and you're not pushing yourself to grow? If you say, I'm fine for the moment. Are you not pushing yourself to grow? Yeah. You know, I'm also wondering, like, does fulfillment play part in either of them? Definitely with happiness. If you're, I think if you are happy, you, if you do feel fulfilled, but do you feel fulfilled if you're content? Oh, and again, because there's that security, because there's that security net feeling and of surrender to the moment, I don't, I don't know if fulfillment can come from that. If you're a person that feels fulfilled by a content situation then yes. But I don't, I think fulfillment is different for everyone, right? It has to be. Yeah, because I might not, I'm not fulfilled by certain things that other people are fulfilled by. True. Like being around large groups of people. Oh, yeah. Like, or, you know, I mean, the very obvious, uh, obvious, like, 
uh, uh, example of this is like some people like smoking pot that makes them feel not fulfilled, makes them feel good or happy or whatever. It's like the same analogous thing or like I don't feel fulfilled by going out and having a night of drinking like that. That doesn't do anything for me. But me sitting down, reading a good book, watching documentaries or TV or listening to podcasts, that's what's fulfilling for me. Um, do you, do you think it has a lot to do with like introversion versus extroversion? It could be. Cause at least with me, like my fulfillment is, comp- it's tied into my unwinding at the end of the day, like from 8 PM to midnight. If I'm home, that is my time. And I always feel more fulfilled if I am watching a movie than playing a video game. Interesting. Why, why is that? I don't know because it might be some sort of social pressure so for instance if like uh, like yesterday i played skyrim for a few hours and then i closed the night out by watching this um movie called your name it's a japanese anime uh came out last year you know a pretty good movie and uh even on like this past week tuesday i saw four movies in one day Mm -hmm. and i could say that and not be a piece of shit (laughs) so like okay so four movies that was probably so i saw insidious 4 star wars uh the last jedi i saw it and split so that's at least over almost nine hours of my day did you go to the movies i went to two in the morning i did one in the morning one in the afternoon and then when i came home i closed out the night with it and split damn but the thing is i think it's because that's considered art so if i said okay. i spent a whole day reading a book they're like oh that's fulfilling or that's cool but if i'm playing skyrim like selling like i'm make i'm like selling potions <laughs> that i made to buy the smithing materials to craft the the da- <laughs> iron daggers to get my smithing level up they're just like what the fuck is wrong with you so you so you're saying that there's like socially acceptable ways of fulfillment and video games is not that yet and I say yet purposefully. Right. You know, because like video games are an art form. It's just, it, it's just I think it's just, it, it's evolved so fast because when I was a kid, I mean, I grew up, my first video game system was a Sega Master System. I don't even know what that looks like. Yeah. <laughs> like think of a Nintendo controller without a pause and select button. You, you literally had to go up to the console to press pause. Oh my the, God, the... you had to get up out of your seat? What? Yeah. <gasps> but... When I played Wonder Boy 3 Dragon's Trap, like, I was like, fuck, this is amazing. You know, and I, I, th- there's a certain escapism within video games, mm-hmm. but I'm not fulfilled. Well, some games, like, um, when I played uh, this one game called Braid, which is about uh, relationships, but it's done through, like, the gameplay is like a regular Mario, like, where it's a 2D side-scroller, you jump and shit, but mm-hmm. you manipulate time. Ooh. But when you manipulate time, it all has to do with the story. So, for instance, like, he's feeling regret, okay. and he wants to go back in time to fix it, so the level is broken up to where you have to reverse time to go to the next level. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah, so, like, there's really, like, artful games. And last year, I spent 100 hours, like, over the course of, like, seven months playing Persona 5, and... With that game, you literally, it's very Jungian where you put on masks to go in the battle and like, they're like your social masks. So, uh-huh. so like, for instance, like there's this one character who's like a rebel, you know, like in, at the society is telling her what to do. Or there's this one girl who's like the goody two shoes. And then when she goes in the battle, she's on a fucking motorcycle and she's got like a skull mask and, she, <laughs> and you go into people's minds to change the darkness of them so like the first mission in the game you're in you're in a high school setting and you're you play high school students and the gym teacher 
um, is raping students and abusing them. Oh, my God. So you put on your mask and you go into his psyche and you it's called a palace. So it's like all of this shit. Like you go into like the deep, darkest parts of his mind. And it's just this, the school is a gigantic castle and he's the king. Oh my god! And then, like throughout the like walls, there's just these pictures of just like these girls like posed provocatively, and you know, like the it's it's brilliant. But the thing is, I have to describe that for people to be like, "Oh, actually, that sounds like a pretty cool game." That's true. Like, like you can't just like take it at your word of like, "Oh yeah, I did. I invested a hundred hours into Persona Five, and then someone somewhere is rolling their eyes and like, "Oh my god, it's just a stupid video game." But no, there's like a lot. There's a lot you can take out of. There's some really artful games out there. Um, one of my friends is super into Knights of the Old Republic and Star Wars, and he sent me this video about um, like the philosophical. The, philosoph- the philosophy behind one of these characters, actually, I think she's from Nice Hill Republic 2, but how she's like the gray Jedi and she kind of exposes the holes in both the Sith and Jedi philosophy. Um, and then they, then this person in this video was applying like contemporary philosophy to her and analyzing her. And it was really cool. Um, and I think that for how much work goes into a video game, it's a, it's a literal playable work of art. It's a, it's the modern choose your own adventure novel. I think the video games don't get enough, um, credit in that regard. That being said though, I do have a question. So like films and video games, some people will argue that those are distractions from happiness. That it's again, one of those like consuming moments where you're taking this in. Um, even though we both agree they're art, some people, some people tell you it's still a distraction. If it's still a distraction, if we take on that premise, then what is supposed to make you fulfilled and happy if we do away with art? That's a very good question. So I think it comes down to maybe our culture's purpose. So like the work model, you know, where there's people who just have a job title like, oh, yeah, well, I'm a CEO of mm-hmm. this company. And it's like, all right, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I make $100,000 a year. All right. Do you like it? Yeah, it's Okay. And then if you ask them, why is it okay, they'll probably say, well, I make $100,000 doing it. Yeah, it's like cyclical uh, reasoning or arguing. I can't remember the term for it. Or circular reasoning. Circular. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because a, like, a lot of the culture's values is based on performance. Yes, like you, work. Yeah. So not only do you have to be working, not only do you have to be working, you have to be doing something that's like maybe that gets you some money. Or when you go home, like if you're a man, like there's certain gender roles, like you have to behave this way. If you're a woman, you have to behave that way. So yeah, I think definitely to women, the idea that having children will make you happy and fulfilled, that is totally sold. And it's still so prevalent in our culture. A friend of mine shared a a Facebook article about how like not having children is a valid choice. And there was so much arguing over it. And like the amount of times people will find out that she's choosing not to have children and they'll be like, you you don't know happiness. You don't know love until you have a child. You don't understand. And she's like, I don't, but I don't want that. I'm happy. She's happy and fulfilled without children. And for the people who've been, who've internalized that happiness is having children, it's, it's, it's nonsensical. It's crazy. It's almost like earth shattering. And they, and the worst part about it is when they use it against the person. Like, I have the key to happiness. It's having children. You choosing not to have children means I get to degrade you. Yeah. And honestly, the people who don't want children should not have children. <laughs> like, that's. <laughs> They've I, decided. Yeah. Like, like, if it was anything else, like, if you were like, I really don't want to eat this fucking pizza, why should they eat the pizza? Or if, like, I don't want to go 
to the movies like or, or if i don't want to go to school you know <laughs> there's different not like a, not like a second grader like oh, i want to go to school you know i want to have fun. but like i want to go to college you know because more than likely if you don't want to do something you're not going to excel doing it despite yeah. the fact if you're not if your mind is made up that you don't want that you're not gonna be happy doing it you sure as shit shouldn't be doing it no. no, I mean, there's some parents who do want kids and then they turn out to be like the worst parents. But then there's some parents who, you know, they maybe got there was maybe a woman who got pregnant and didn't want kids. But now they have the kid. They're just a decent person and they can mm-hmm. make it work. But I just don't think that people should be able to do what they don't do. Now, I know one day I do want kids because I would just love to just, you know, raise people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just like have that family time and just like you know like going to playgrounds and just like you know that's just that real you know um interaction with the kids but i just know that would work for me do you do you think that you to be happy do you think you have to have kids like for you personally no like like for me my own happiness is to use my voice in a way creatively that creates some sort of change and is monetized in a way to where I don't have to work at a college or a warehouse to make ends meet. So like, for instance, like I can build a home, you only using my voice (laughs) as the means to raise the money. That's really poetic. Yeah, that's, that's because that's my ultimate thing. I mean, I really want kids. I'm not, you know, I'm not out in the world trying to impregnate, you know, every hole I see, Mm. but you know, I know, I know I would be, well, you know, it would just be really cool. Yeah. Like when I really, I will say like when I went to college, like I knew if I didn't, I would have regretted it down the line only because I really wanted it. Yeah. And I understand the societal pressure, but you know, like some of my friends have had kids and you know, you play with them and they're, it's just cool. Like they're just, cause you can have fun. And especially like with my personality, like I can talk into a funny voice the whole time Yeah. and it's like awesome. They're not like, why are you talking like that? They're You're like comedy gold perpetually. God, <laughs> dude, like my friend's got a kid. He's one now and you know, he's got like all these blocks and shit. And, you know, I, I can't really judge him based on adult standards because like he'll just like he goes around and he like he kisses babies and then he bites them. What? Yeah. He'll like bite, like he'll like kiss a baby on the head and then he'll and then bite bu- the baby on bite, the head? bite the baby's arm. Okay. And then, like, he walks around with, like, a little, uh, a Halloween pail that has a empty water bottle in it and a remote. <laughs> and he, wa- like, he can- like, he'll freak the fuck out if he doesn't have, and it's an old, like, Goodwill remote, too. You know, so I can't, it's not like, he's one. So, but it's are you, so. Are you saying he takes happiness and fulfillment from the remote? <laughs> that kid is so. Ha- I've never seen anyone happier. Like when he's just walking around. Like sometimes, like he'll just like scream so loud in pure joy. <laughs> like, ah! like he'll jump up and down. You can so see the, the look on his little fucking face, man. Yeah. And he doesn't know the shit that I know. <laughs> not like in terms of like he's. It's just you know I've experienced pain. Thank you for listening to part one. Part two will be out very soon. In the meantime, like us on Facebook at Coffee and Catastrophe or follow us on Twitter at CCWBG. Thank you, take care, and be good to each other.